Sharon yes. actually uh, was in bar yesterday, and she said that we sound really good, that she really likes our chemistry. Aww. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regan just posted on Facebook and said that she listened to one of our podcast episodes and she felt like she was having sitting in a room having a conversation with us. Aww, that's so sweet. <laughs> We're so awesome. Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation, there may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. This is season two, episode 14, and we have a full house today making all sorts of racket. We have got both dogs chewing on their Kongs. We have thunder in the background. The cat's sleeping, so maybe she'll be quiet. (laughs) But we're like, oh my God. It's like a circus. It is like a circus in here. Books and tea circus. We're just practicing for audience members. Yeah, that's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Stay tuned for that little hint. (laughs) But, oh yes, so what is season two, episode 14? We are reading a book that is longer than 500 pages. Although, actually... The paperback is less than 500 pages. Yes. I I was like flipping through it, and I was like, son of a bee! I was like, it's not 500 pages! But but, the hardback is 500 pages. Okay, is it? Interesting. The font must be bigger or something. Well, and I was... um, So we are doing this for the Modern Mrs. Darcy Reading Challenge 2018, a, a book of 500 pages or more. And um, Ann Bogle just posted on her blog her suggested recommendations, uh-huh. and she did include this one. And uh, she said, it's not quite at 500 pages, but it's close enough. Yeah. And I was like, well, if Ann says it's okay. Totally. We're doing her challenge, and if she says it's fine, it's fine. It's yeah. like 479 or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a doorstop. Yeah, definitely. So, so we only did one book this time. We decided trying to read two 500-plus page books might be a crazy maker. Yeah. And Especially because Corey's about to leave us again for a again. while. Yeah, I am. So. I'm on the road again. Just can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> a little Willie Nelson for y'all. Oh, goodness. How are you doing? I've seen you a lot this week, so I, I feel like there's not a lot to catch up on. <laughs> You're getting your Corey full before I, I hit love the road. It. Yes. I'm okay. I'm, I'm starting, I think, well, so before we got started, I was all frazzled. We we're kind of winging it today, so if, we're, if we kind of stumble over a few things or have a couple oohs, it's because we're comfortable with you and our tr- we're not wearing our makeup anymore. Mm-mm. We're farting in front of you. No, we're not. We're pooping in front of you. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's like the relationship <laughs> of where we are. Of like, we feel comfortable. Okay, we feel comfortable. Where we don't have to have too much of a script that we're just going to right. be cash. Well, that and I can't find the effing documents um, that I just whipped up. So there's that, too. Yeah, technology's kind of being a pain today. I know. I was like, deep breaths, Corey, deep breaths. <laughs> you can't start your podcast all pissed off. <laughs> so I'm okay, I think. Yeah. All right. That'd I got good fine. company. So. Yes. And we got good tea. We do have good tea. Oh, what a nice segue you got there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm getting so good at this game. I know. <laughs> it's like we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so today's tea is one of my Sips by Tea Sips by Tea subscriptions, and I it's an older one. It's called well, where to put it? Blue, Blue suede. Blue suede. 
and it's blue, which I got kind of cheesy. The cover of our book today, Pachinko, is a really pretty blue, and I was like, aha. Blue everything. Yeah, blue everything. Wait till you see the picture. I should have made blueberry muffins instead of strawberry muffins. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Ugh. You should have told me. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I think this is actually kind of a trend. I've seen a few different tea companies promote this lately, but when you put blue pea flowers... And I think the blue cornflower petals into a tea, it turns it this really beautiful ocean blue. Yeah, it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Like, you just want to drink it because it's so pretty. I want to knit a sweater with the color. Yeah. it's But it's not just pretty. I think it tastes good. Uh, the first time, the first sip I took of it, I went, huh, do I like this? I don't know. Mm. It's a little weird. And I finally, so I'll, Kiri shared with me what she thought it tasted like, so I'll let her jump in in a second here and give her opinion. But it tastes like, to me... Like vanilla cake batter. Oh, I do not taste that at all. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do you what are you tasting? I taste like a mixture of green tea with caramel. I get the caramel too, yeah. which I mean is kind of in that same family. It's kind of that vanilla y Yeah. Um But it's more like burnt caramel. Mm, okay. Like you know how mm-hmm. if you cook caramel a little bit mm-hmm. longer it gets a little bit more Yeah. Not burnt, but like the Sugar and the butter. Like like if you do like a creme brulee. Like, yeah, like, the exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're winking mm. at each other today. <laughs> creme, <laughs> creme brulee. Uh, yeah, it's surprisingly complex. So it has green tea, rose hips, the blue pea flowers, the blue corn flowers, hawthorn fruit, which I have no idea what that is, and the natural flavors, which I'm always a little skeptical of. But that's okay, birch fine tea. We will, we will let you have it. Um, but yeah, I can taste the green tea at the beginning. Yeah. And then um, I think the sweetness must come from the flowers, the kind of that caramel. Yeah. And then I think the rose, and then there's a little bit of tang at the end. Yep. And that's, I think that, that's from the rose hips. Yeah. Look at you making me drink green tea. I feel like all I've been doing this week is drinking green tea. I know, right? We'll talk more about that later. But before we jump into the books, uh, you or book, you always hear me talk about Sips By, and um, I don't know that any of you have actually taken advantage of the $5 off coupon that you can get. If you try it through our link in our show notes, so you should do it. It's a screaming good deal. And I just got my month, my box for this month, and it's all kind of summery. And they are encouraging you to do cold brewing of tea. I guess, you know, coffee is cold brewing, so now they're encouraging tea cold brewing. What is, what is, how do you cold, what is cold brew? I, there's probably a smidge more to it than this, but so like, you know, you make sun tea where you like take it outside and you put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cold brewing is where you just put it in cold water and let it sit and steep forever. And it extra. And I, I think there's a benefit to it. I, like with coffee, I think it makes it a little more mellow, oh. and, um, less acidic. Oh. So probably with tea, it would do the same thing. Um, if you go online, it talks, it says, visit our Sips by page to learn how to cold brew with us. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so if you want to know more, um, they'll do it there. But it's a nice little selection. It's kind of fruity this month. Um, we just yesterday sipped on this really nice aged white tea that was really pretty and simple. There's a, a reishi peach, gr- yuzu peach green, which was nice. Um, I have a strawberry hibiscus in here. And a lemon and lime twist black tea, which I was not a super big fan of. I was thinking about maybe sending one of these home with you to see what you thought. Okay. But all kind of fruity, lighter, summery teas. So they certainly pay attention to how you rate the teas to give you stuff that they think you'll like. But they also kind of do seasonal. seasonal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I just got our Plum Deluxe mm. tea of the month. What is it this time? I don't remember. Did you try it yet? No. Okay. 
I went back to, or I went to Flagstaff Tea Company and got a whole bunch of chai, so I've been downing that lately, but um, I think it's a, I don't remember, oh shucks, I'll post it. Okay. It's only for special tea club members though, so you have to become a tea club member in order to get it. Cool. Yeah. All right, well I'll give you a couple of these and we'll we'll do some tradesies. But yeah, so it's it's tasty um, and it's fun and you get a nice little sampling of teas. And as I've said before, what I like about it is you don't get a whole lot. Uh, so if you don't like it, you're not stuck with a gigantic box of tea that you don't like. Right. And if you do like it, they give you discounts through the, com- the companies that they work with. So you could go out and buy a box of tea at a discounted price for and support um, small tea companies around the world. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like the white teas from China. It says on here. Old white tea, origin Fudin, Fujian, China. Mm. I probably totally mangled that, but anyways. Cool. Cool. All right, so we should talk books. Pachinko. Pachinko. Oh, Pachinko. Oh, Pachinko. The cover is really beautiful. It is really beautiful. It's like this uh, woman in a traditional kimono, and then within the kimono, you have like the sun setting and mountains and a rib- with a river running through it. And then at the bottom, there's like a woman with two little boys. So it's very um, abstract and artistic and mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was a National Book Award finalist mm-hmm. and a New York Best Time seller. Yeah, it was like on all the lists all last year. All the lists last year. Yeah. Which, Which I makes s- sense because I think that's when we picked these books for uh-huh. this year, right? Yeah. It was last year. Yeah. And I can see why. So I, it was actually one of the 10 best books of the year for 2017, according to New York Times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, my first impressions, I just really enjoyed it a lot. I, I didn't think it was too long. Um, I don't think it should have been any longer, Mm -hmm. but considering it was covering four generations of a family and multiple characters, I thought it did a really good job of bringing all of those characters in and carrying their storylines all the way through without overdoing it. Um, and lots of different locations and, mm-hmm. and it started in the forties. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was right towards the end of world war two mm-hmm. and it went up to around 1989, mm-hmm. I think. So covers about 50 years of history, uh, both Asian history and generational history for yeah. this family. What was your initial thoughts? So I thought the first 50 to a hundred pages were kind of a slog. <laughs> um, and I really thought I was going to give up on it and just give it to you, especially because we're sharing one copy. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, Corey has to read it before she leaves. So I have to like hurry up and read it. And it, it started to like pick up. Mm-hmm. It started to pick mm-hmm. up pace. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I am a fan of Asian mm. based novels. Interesting. I haven't really fell in love with any of them. Uh, okay. I mean, this book was good. I think I gave it three stars on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Um which is pretty low for me. I'm usually a four or fiver, but it just, it was so depressing. (laughs) Like every time you think that the family (laughs) is going to like win, it's like, yeah, you're winning in this section, but let's throw a curveball and Mm -hmm. take your legs out from under you because you can't be happy all the time. Like you constantly have to have this misfortune, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure happens. Yeah. But and there came a point where I was just like, can you please give these people in your book a break and, like, let them be happy for five seconds? I think everyone had their moments of happiness. Yeah, for, like, two pages. And then it's like, oh. And then here's this. And then here's this. 
and then here's somebody dies, and then another person dies, and then... <laughs> I mean, the women don't die. Right. It's only the men. <laughs> yeah. I have many thoughts. I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. <laughs> so, okay, so I'll start with just a general comment that someone said to me, and this is not anything you don't know, but I'm just reiterating it for you and me and the listeners, is that book in books, there has to be typically some sort of challenges for the protagonists. Otherwise, nothing happens and it's boring. Right. Yeah. So, but I hear what you're saying, that they continue to face challenge after challenge. And so then my thoughts went to context of this was the reality. Like, these were people's lives. And I think it's okay to say not for me. Like, I can't, like, I understand and respect that this is history and that this is how people's lives were in this particular place in particular time. And I don't enjoy reading that. Right. Um, But I think... That's ironically one of the things I like about books like this, especially Asian history, because I feel like, I mean, it is halfway around the globe. Yeah. Um, so it seems very remote and very different. And, you know, I was a history major and I didn't, and I, but I focused on American history because, of course, I was young and very, you know. Naive. Naive and, kidding. well, but I was very country centric. I was right. like, I'm an American. I want to study American right. history. And I, and then we had to take a certain number of European history classes, and then we had to take either an Asian American history class or a. <laughs> we got a dog over here making a noise. Hey, leave it. Um, we had to do a Asian American history class or a uh, African American history class. And actually, when I was there, they didn't even have Latin American. They added that as history class courses after I left. And I opted for an African-American history class, which at the time I hated. Um, And so I didn't even, I was a history major and I didn't even study any Asian history. (laughs) So the dog is really upset that I am not, have not studied a lot of Asian history. So where I'm going with all this, because I feel like I'm kind of not formulating my thoughts well, is I think, as I've thought about it, and I think I've even mentioned this on the show before, that what I like about historical fiction is that I get a chance, you know, I have to assume that the author is doing the research and providing a, you know, they're providing a fictional account of a certain time in history. But for me, it's been a really great way to learn about historical events and time periods and places that I don't know anything about. Like, I don't think I would pick up a book about the relationships between Korea and Japan, but I found this utterly fascinating because it was about people and how people on the ground and what how, what it felt like for those particular people. And, right. of course, you know, the author is making some assumptions. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we know what human nature is like. We know what people feel like being mistreated and how they react when they're being discriminated against. And so having characters to root for or be upset for um, helps us, I think, sometimes understand harder points of history or things that we don't know much about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand. It was just like... Just wasn't for you. It just was so. It was so much turmoil. But there was a lot of. And I know. I get like I know. I know that like I just finished a book, um, about uh, Nazi-occupied France, and mm-hmm. that was really hard to read. And I think it's just as a person who just doesn't understand how we can be so mean to other mm-hmm. people, I think mm-hmm. it's just really hard for me to read sure. how cruel people are to one another. Yeah. You know, even if it's 
about race or religion or, you know, sexual orientation. Like, I just don't understand why people are mean. Um, So I think it's just as an empath, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to, like, Mm -hmm. read these stories. And we already have so much stuff going on in the world (laughs) currently that's really mean. Right. That it's just, like, another thing added to it of, like, okay, well, now I feel bad about what happened to these people that Mm -hmm. are fictional. But I'm sure similar families went Mm -hmm. through this experience. So. But it was beautifully written. She is a really good writer. Yeah. She used beautiful language. Most of the time. Most of the time. That was actually one of the things that I found a little jarring, and maybe that was intentional, is, yeah, I felt like it was very beautifully written and very PG for the most part. Maybe PG-13, we'll say. Yeah. But then all of a sudden she dropped the F-bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Or I think she used the word... Um, cock one time and it was just like and 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 I could see like in the particular sentence why it made sense but it would just kind of come out of the blue every so often she would be a little crass and I wonder when fuck you oh shoot (laughs) (laughs) notes to self put the e little er I wonder when the f word came into existence because in 1942, I wonder if they were using the F mm-hmm. word or if they were using a different word. I don't know. Because some, you know, like a lot of the words that mm-hmm. we use today are, it's slang. And so it's mm-hmm. recently added to our vocabulary. And yeah. it's like when you read an 1800s book or you're watching a show and they use the word, the F word. And you're kind of like, but was that a thing yeah. in 1852? Probably I not. don't think so. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, and I think... Yeah, I don't know. For some reason in this particular, I think because so much of it, the rest of it kind of followed that kind of conservative, you know, allusions to love. And yeah, um, I mean, you know, there was a couple of slightly racy scenes with the at the beginning when she was making love with the um, Hansu. Mm hmm. But even those were not particularly explicit. It no, was more yeah. illusion. You know, right. it, it, like she was more of an illusion to sexual scenes and things like that. But then there was just a couple of times when in a conversation, all of a sudden she's using a word like that. And I'm like, did she really? But was it her or was it the men? I think it's usually the men. It was usually the men. But I think, and maybe this is why I found it jarring is they didn't use it all the time. Like I think when I'm reading a book and a character is dropping the F bomb every other sentence, Mm -hmm. then I just kind of expect it. But if you have someone who 99% of the time is not using that type of language, and then all of a sudden they just drop it out of the blue. You're like, what? wait, where did that come well, from? Well, I think that makes it more powerful, right? Is So when mm. I was in college, I remember one of my teachers saying that I curse too much, <laughs> and that by cursing too much, I'm not giving the full value of the word. And uh, so mm-hmm. when you're having a conversation or you built up a relationship with somebody and you don't curse that often. And Mm -hmm. then you like, let's say you get angry and you Mm -hmm. use the F word that holds a much bigger punch to the person you're saying it to because they've Mm -hmm. never heard you say it before. Okay. So I think it's like, um, so you think it was a literary technique? I think it was a literary technique just because it's, I mean, did you notice that? Off your guard. Yeah. Okay. But I noticed that it was the men. Sure. Which I expected. Yeah. With that type of culture. Yeah. So, so unlike you, I mean, I, I, you know, I really love Lisa C. I've, re- I've like, 
read all of her books and I've read several other books, kind of historical I don't fiction. Think that's who this wrote this? No, no. But I mean, oh. um, I, I mean, circling back around okay. to sorry, <laughs> awkward segue. Uh, just circling back around to this this topic. Like for me, I am always really fascinated by now by Asian history mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and maybe I should try an actual historical book, researched book, but honestly, this kind of is, I guess, history light for me. And it's about all I really want right now in my life, but it gives me, you know, I didn't, cause I didn't know much about, like, we all know that there's a North Korea and a South Korea. We Mm -hmm. don't really know how those came about unless you studied that. I had no clue that the Japanese had occupied, Mm -hmm. um, Korea and that there was such animosity. And I suspect there probably still is today. Yeah. And such discrimination. And and I think that's really important for uh, us sometimes to see because I think, you know, we may not necessarily do this all the time, but we kind of, but I'll just say, but we do, we'll, we kind of think all those Asian countries around the world. Right. And we assume all those Asian people are kind of the same. Right. And we forget that just like... In America, they're different states. Yeah, yeah. there's different people, different cultures. And so I think it's really, for me, it's always really important when I learn stuff like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like they didn't all get along. And wow, that was, that's not that long ago that they were, you know, because I mean, at the end, they're in the practically the 90s. Yeah. And they're still talking about how the Koreans are looked down on, even ones that have been there for four generations and had been born there. They were still the second class citizens. Right. And what's interesting, what is, how do you say her name? Sunja? Sunya? I would say Sunya. So she's kind of the main protagonist. Mm -hmm. Like we follow her life. She's kind of the matriarch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I thought it was interesting, the little lesbian-ish type segue do you remember that no so she or no it's not sunya it's oh shoot who it was one of her friends that married a man uh-huh that was like really nice to her it was like a, a oh the the one that married the police officer yeah yes. yeah oh. and that like so the oh, men and, are having sex in this park well men and women men and there was women. like yeah there was like it this, was like an orgy it was bizarre yeah Again, it was that like was a, a prostitute orgy like you pay yeah. somebody money to have sex with them and so this woman approached what is her name I can't remember. Anyway, it's like a segue off of kind of Mm -hmm. the family, the main family, and she gets approached by a woman. It's like... Is, th- yeah. is literally thinking about it. Like, you can... It was very titillating Yeah. yeah She's she like, oh, I aroused. wonder what it's like. And uh-huh. my husband doesn't have sex with me, so... But this woman, she's beautiful. And I was just like, man, we mm-hmm. every book that we've read for mm-hmm. the past, like, three sessions have had <laughs> some sort of yeah. LGBT hmm. hint or... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I yeah. can't think of her name, but the, the police officer officer was Todoyama. Yeah, um, and, and he, he was, was like the family friend that. Yep, he was them. the best friend of Moza Su. Moza Su, yeah, yeah, which I thought was interesting. So I guess we really haven't talked about. We just kind of jumped right <laughs> in. Um, so you know, this starts with a family in Korea before that was divided, and the the uh, the main family is Presbyterian ministers, some of the first Presbyterian ministers in Korea. So they give their children uh, Asianized uh, biblical names. Yeah. So like Noah is N-O-A. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of Moses, it's like Moses Su. Yeah. Um, 
and then they have Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of funny that they didn't try and jazz that up any. How would you even? Solomu? I don't know. I don't know. So, but... Yeah, it follows, you know, it's kind of, again, it's, I mean, there's really not a lot to say about the structure. It's really just a, a, a family saga. Yeah. I mean, it's just a historical family saga. And, you know, you really kind of get to see the evolving of the roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, kind of some of those classic Asian themes, especially in earlier times of male dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the main protagonist, the main, the, the main male provider gets very... Uh, is very against the women making kimchi and selling it because he feels like he should be able to provide for them. And they're like, right. look, we are not trying to be disrespectful. Right, but we make we a lot be, of money. We need to be practical. Right. Like, we have a skill. We have an opportunity right. here. You need to put aside your pride. And it all comes back to Hansu. Mm-hmm. Hansu oh. is yeah the web. The Japanese, or not Japanese, oops, Korean. Oh, ha- well, no, he's Korean, but he, he married, married a Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Um, he married into a Japanese mob family. Yeah. And Pachinko, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's like a, it says it's a pinball game. So it's a gambling game with, with pinballs and it's mainly run by the Koreans, but mm-hmm. it's really popular in Japan. And so all of these family members end up being involved in the Pachinko parlors. And, and as they actually do become successful, um, that's really what leads to their wealth and success. Yeah, but it's Hansu. He's interweb. Mm-hmm. He, he's made every opportunity happen for Sunja. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if the kimchi. <laughs> yeah, and it going big is mm-hmm. Hansu's restaurant. It's his restaurant. Yep. And yeah. then Noah going to college. Yeah, is Hansu paying for it? Oh, Yosib. That's the other one. Instead of Joseph, oh yeah, Yosib. Yeah, he's the he's the patriarch who was pushing back who's um, Sunya's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just, it was, con- yeah, I mean, it was definitely, what, so what did you think about with what happened with Noah and how he reacted? Oh, I was so confused. Like, about I did not understand. His anger or his committing suicide? His committing suicide. Okay. Like, I, I think a lot a of it comes from thing. shame. Shame. It yeah. was shame. But it was just so mm-hmm. freaking dramatic. Yeah. I was like, this woman has already lived through so much shit. Yeah. But Hansu kind of seemed to know that something was going to happen. Yeah. Like, Hansu was like, you shouldn't have visited him. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think the implication there is... Oh, and Hansu is Noah's dad. Yes. Yeah. He got Sonia pregnant and wanted her to remain his uh, mistress. mistress, unofficial wife in Korea. Yeah. That was that, so. That's the tipping point. Is he gets her pregnant when she's like sixteen, her first love. He's this older, dashing, seductive man, and she says, "No, uh, you know, you've already, you've already ruined me." But, right, you uh, already have a wife. I'm not going to just be your mistress, even if you promise to take care of me. So she ends up marrying her. Her mother runs a boarding shop, a boarding house, and so she marries this young minister. He knows what's going on with her, and he says, "I want to do the honorable thing and take care of you." And then that's how they end up in Japan when they go to be with Yusub and his wife, and then and then they stay in Japan for the rest of their lives because again, with everything going on, it wasn't really practical to go back to Korea, and for many of the characters, it, it wasn't really it was their homeland, but it wasn't right. really their home, and so even though Japan was not. Uh, very welcoming of them. It was all they. It was all they knew. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. Yeah. I mean, shame was a big theme in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about Estuko and you know her family and how she lost her kids yeah. and 
how she wouldn't marry Moza Su because he was Korean mm-hmm. and she'd already brought all the shame on her family, even though right. she loved him. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of shame. It reminds me of the Game of Thrones mm. when what's her name is walking through the street naked. Oh, naked. Shame! Okay. Shame! Cersei. Yeah. Cersei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. That's what it was. It was. Yeah. There were glimmers of happiness. I thought there was quite a bit of happiness. I mean, I think all the characters in the end found quite a... I mean, they had a lot of sadness, but again, I think that's life. I mean, who do we know? It doesn't... I mean, I think that's one of the points, is it doesn't... Success doesn't always equate to happiness. Right. And, you know, we all have challenges that we face, and I think that's what actually makes the characters relatable. I think... Like, I, I guess kind of circling back around to what I was trying to say earlier... It would have been such a different... It wouldn't... Well, A, I don't think it would have been almost 500 pages, but I think it would have been so boring if they had just gone to Japan and made it in with the pachinko parlors and everyone got married and everyone had families and they got together for Sunday lunch every week. And, I mean, what would they, what would she write about? That would be so freaking boring. Yeah. And it would have been done in, like, 200 pages. Yeah. But I think the fact that a lot of times people just can't catch a break. <laughs> I know. Is life, which but I know sometimes is... sometimes I really want them to. True. Like, reading happy books sometimes is what you need. But I think most of them found... I mean, I think at the end, Sonia, Sonia was was happy. Like, I think she had a lot of sadness in her life, but she, she, despite all of her challenges, she continued to persist. Yeah. Maybe with the help of Hansu, but... Always with the help of Hansu. But she still also made her own. But she a lot of times she didn't even know it was happening. And, yeah. and so I think she still took control of her own destiny and fate. It would have been one thing, again, if she'd been like, I need help. Will you help right. me open up a kimchi thing? Right. You know, I think, yes, maybe that's unfair that she didn't know that she was getting these little extra legs up. But it was also kind of like that philosophy of I can give you an opportunity and then what you do with it is up to you. Yeah. And I think that was what I liked about this is that even though they kept facing setbacks, they kept moving forward, you know. Um, they kept finding happiness. They kept finding joy. They had f- deep friendships and yeah. deep love. And and the family was strong, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. very supportive, strong family. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm glad that I don't have to read it again. Yeah, I don't know that I would read it again. I mean, it was good, but I think, you know, I've gotten out of it what I needed. Yeah. And I certainly could recommend this confidently to someone else and kind of tell, give them a good understanding of what they could expect out of it. Yeah. And and I thought it moved fast. I mean, to give our listeners a, a, a perspective. You finished it in a week. I finished it in a week. I think I started it on Monday, and I finished it last night on Saturday. I had like 10 pages left as of Saturday. Nice. But I plowed through, unlike you, I plowed through about 150 pages on the first day. Yeah, I plowed through 150 pages towards the end. Mm -hmm. But the first, it took me probably a good five days to get through the first 150 pages. You know, I think we have opposite reading styles. I find that I tend to jump in and get through a good bit of the book fast and then I start tapering off and it takes me longer to finish it up. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Where you Mm -hmm. kind of get a slow start and then once you get your momentum going yeah you just kind of finish it up yep because you'd think well gosh if i read 150 pages the first day why wasn't i done on wednesday right i mean i had time right i mean but i started reading something else what was i reading that was distracting me oh when life gives you lululemons right um which you know again i guess that kind of goes to your point maybe a little bit so that was again ridiculous drama mm-hmm. but i didn't particularly feel as necessarily sorry for the characters right. so it was more of a 
fun read, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Where this was, you know, this was harder. This was deeper. This was yeah. more realistic and meaningful. And, you know, hearing about cheating husbands and, you know, losing, I don't know, you know, Lululemon was just kind of silly. Um, and not really particularly hard to read. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I tend to not read a lot of books at the same time just because it's hard for me sometimes to separate the characters mm-hmm. and the storyline. So I'll start reading one book and be like, oh, wait, this is not the book that I thought it was. It's like starting a book as soon as you finish another book. Mm-hmm. Like I have to have time to digest mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. give it a little break and then jump into a new book. So gotcha. this was the one book that I was reading and it was such a... Intense read. Yeah. Yeah. But... I should probably try that. I feel like I am bouncing around. So, uh, I mean, I guess I've just, I feel this like need and obligation to be plowing through all the million and one books I have right. <laughs> laying around. So I'm constantly like, if I feel myself starting to my energy or my focus flagging with one, I move on to the next one. Yeah. So I think that's been kind of my approach lately is yeah. if it's, if I'm not paying attention, then it's time for me to take a break and try right. something else. Yeah. But then I have lots of things jumbled together too. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yes. Well, right. so yeah, Pachinko. So I would, it sounds like you would give it a thumbs up with some caveats. Yeah. I would give it a wholehearted thumbs up. Yeah. Read it, read it, read it. So uh, you know who, if you're in Camp Curie <laughs> or Camp Corey, so you know whether or not this book is for you. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, we don't really have a break today because we're going to talk in a minute here about our upcoming episodes. Mm -hmm. So, this is your uh, reminder about our GoFundMe account Mm -hmm. and that we are trying, now that we've made it through a year of recording and realized kind of the time and money that it takes to do this, um, we'd love for you all to help support us a little bit and help us have a little bit of extra financial safety net going into year two. But we don't want to just say give us money with uh, no no uh, nothing in return. So we have lots of goodies for you um, for as little as fifteen dollars, which is like going out to eat once a week. Mm-hmm. You could get you could give us fifteen dollars and you get a lovely bag of tea in return, and then it goes up from there. If you give us thirty, you get both bags of tea. Mm-hmm. And these are the books and tea blends that we worked with on Plum, Plum Deluxe. And if you continue the giving, we start doing some personalized book recommendations and. There's even potential to be a guest on our show like Sydney. So mm-hmm. go visit our GoFundMe site. I know money is tight for all of us. We get it. That's why we're asking you for money. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you can find it in your heart, Steve, and give us $5, you know, we would still be graciously appreciative of your efforts. All right. Do you want to talk about what we've been up to this week and why we've seen each other so much? So we've decided to switch things up for the summer. I guess it'll go into summer and fall as we are doing... An on-the-road show. Oh, yeah. So we have gone to two local tea houses so far, Mm -hmm. met with the owners, tried their teas, got a tea history. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's been wonderful to make those connections Mm -hmm. with the two tea companies. You'll have to stay tuned to hear who they are. Mm -hmm. And then once Corey gets back from her vacation, we're going to start doing some book stores in town to kind of highlight the local bookstores Mm -hmm. (laughs) meet with the owners talk about it we may even do an event and have a open event you can come an event that you can come 
So that's coming up next week is our first tea shop stop. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty excited. We did we that. so excited. Yeah, I mean, it was so much fun. So much fun. I'm hoping that we'll maybe be able to do this once every month or every other month because such lovely women yep. and um, learn so much and... Just, and we're supporting our local businesses, yeah. and by you supporting them, you mm-hmm. support us, and we all support each other, and it's a great support fest. <laughs> How many times did Carrie say support? Uh, Send us a message and tell us your account. Uh, but no, I mean, we have loved making, we feel like we've built the beginnings of some really lovely relationships and partnerships, mm-hmm. and um, definitely be listening because they are very graciously going to be giving books and tea listeners a uh, small discount so you will need to listen for that code and uh, we will see you soon and hopefully you will give us some great feedback on what you think of this new format that we're trying out all right people have a good one hey book friends we hope you enjoyed our conversation today thanks for listening along with us head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read that website is booksandteapodcast.com It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 